If you're a guest this morning, uh, uh, we want you to know that we are so excited that you are here. And um, if you would uh, be so kind to uh, text a place for you to uh, 97,000, and that is uh, a place, the number four and the letter U, to 97,000. Uh, what we do around here is uh, instead of um, uh, giving you a, a coffee cup or a pen that you can just uh, stow away, um, we have decided that for every guest that does this, uh, we give a $5 donation to a local charity. And once you do that, uh, it'll give you a list of about four charities that we, uh, that we uh, donate to and allow you to choose which one that you would like to see us uh, give money to. So that's uh, a place for you, 97000 uh, Also, real quick, because uh, usually, they don't, usually I'm up here before now, so I've got to, uh, I've got to hurry. Uh, because I, I start getting looks at noon uh, from different people. I'm just kidding. Um, but thank you for everyone who came out to our Christmas outreach and for everyone that, that gave. We were able to, to see uh, 30 children uh, receive a Christmas that normally that they would not have a chance to do. And uh, we took them to, uh, to Blazers uh, down here. Uh, to eat and uh, had a meal there and we came back and blessed them with gifts and uh, it was just an overwhelming time of watching God's love uh, being displayed through us uh, to these families and uh, so many families were so thankful and uh, thank you because as, as Dayton said we could not do anything that we do we could not reach this community without your consistent and sacrificial giving so I, from as your pastor I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. So uh, this week we're going to close our Christmas series. Now you may have come this morning uh, to see a performance, and and you probably figured that uh, that we would be you know talking about the baby in a manger, and and but we all know that Jesus came, uh, and he was born in a stable in a manger. Uh, we've seen it depicted here, but too many times uh, that's where it stops. Uh, too many times when you may. You may be one of those um, uh, CEO Christians, Christmas and Easter only. Uh, and so all, all you ever hear about is Jesus being born in a manger and then him raising again, which those are very vital to what we believe and the reason that we have hope. But what also God wants you to know that it, it doesn't just stop there, but that he is always with us. No matter where we go, as followers of Christ, He is with us. And it's easy to believe that when things are going good. It's easy to believe that when you're on the mountaintop. It's easy to believe that God is with you. But what about when things get tough? What about when life happens? What does that mean? Where is God then? So two weeks ago, we began to talk about and look at different ways that we encounter God in different seasons of our life. And the verse that, that we've based this series on, on that really solidifies our faith and our belief in the presence of God is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and it's part of the Christmas story. And it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. And so we begin to look at, during the first week, how that God was with us in the valley. And then the second week, we looked at how that God is with us in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness was a, a lot different than the valley. 
the wilderness lasts a lot longer than the valley. The wilderness is a place that is barren. It's dry. It's a desolate place. You feel alone. And you try to explain to people how that you, you feel and they don't understand. And last week we looked at that your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you or causes you to depend on God. So this week we want to close this series and look at another way that God is with us. This week we want to look at God in the storms. God in the storms. Now, a storm is different than a valley or a wilderness. A storm is different because it can just happen all of a sudden. Have you ever been out and and the sun was shining? I remember uh, this summer, I had the the top off of, of my Jeep. And it was so Sunday, and it was so nice, and and I was driving from Charleston back to Ashland, and I got to almost to Milton, and it began to cloud up, just out of nowhere. And so here I am, I'm trying to, to beat the rain, trying to get to a gas station where I can get under a cover that I could put this top back on. The storm happened out of nowhere. Now, other times, you can see storms coming. You can see, and they know, and you watch the weather forecast and say, this storm is it's going to happen. But it's been said that you're either coming out of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or a storm is right around the corner. Say, so thank you, pastor, for that encouraging word. Let's go home. You're either coming out of a storm, praise God for that, You're in the middle of a storm, or one is right around the corner. In other words, as we've talked about, life can be difficult. And we have all asked the question, where is God in the midst of a storm? Where is God in the midst of my storm? We had a big storm this year, Hurricane Florence. And this was one that they forecasted. And and we even had friends that had to to run from North Carolina to Ashland and stay as as their home was was just destroyed. Luckily, theirs wasn't. But everything around them. And they had to run. And as I was reading and and looking uh, about this message, do you know what's crazy? What is crazy is that we named these storms after people. For years, that wasn't the case. For years, they they would name the storms after geographic places. But in 1954, meteorologists started naming these storms after their wives or their girlfriends. Now, can you imagine being a meteorologist? Coming home and say, honey, there is a huge storm that's getting ready to devastate Lots of people cause death and flooding, and I love you so much that I'm going to name it after you. Hurricane Christie. And as I was researching and reading, 25 years they did it this way, and then in 1979 it became equal rights for storms. And so they began to name them after men as well. And if a storm is really bad, they retire that name. Some of you are in a storm right now. 
Some of you are in a storm that you might be tempted to name. It might be storm divorce or storm depression or, or, or storm uh, financial storm. A relational storm. We find ourselves in the middle of real pain and we just want it to go away. A lot of us, when we're in the middle of this storm, you know what we do? We blame God. God, where are you? God, don't you see me? Why are you allowing this storm? I want to tell you this morning, never doubt the presence of God because of the existence of a storm. Never doubt the presence of God because of the existence of a storm. Very quickly, I want to look at a a story found in Acts chapter 27. And in this story, we have some men on a boat, and they're in the middle of a massive storm. And this storm had went on for several days, and the, the crew was terrified. They started throwing cargo overboard. They believed that this storm was going to take them out. They did not think they were going to survive. And we pick up this story in verse 20 of Acts chapter 27. It says, The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until, all, until at last all hope was gone. Many of you have been at this point and that you would use this verse for the storm that you're going through. You say, it just won't stop. And I've talked pe- talk to people who have given up hope. And they said, there's no way this marriage is going to make it. There's no way I'm going to get out of debt. There's no way that I'll ever beat this sickness. And the list just goes on and on and on. I'm going to be alone my whole life. I'll never find that person. I'm never going to be able to conceive a child. The list just goes on and on and on. Let's read in verse 21. It says, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all of this damage and loss. They probably wanted to throat punch Paul. You ever had that person that I told you so person? Whew. You see, Paul was just a regular guy. Paul wasn't above being that guy that said, if you'd listen to me, here he is, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but he is, he is pounding his own chest. I told you so. If you listen to me, you wouldn't be in this storm. And they realized why were they, they were in this storm. It was their fault. They made the decision to go. A lot of times in Christian circles, we want to blame the devil for everything that happens. Something bad will happen to us, we'll say, well, it's just the devil. It's the devil's fault. That devil, he's out to get me. The devil did this. The devil did that. But can I tell you that sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's your own dumb fault. Just preaching the truth. Sometimes it's because you spent money at Christmas that you didn't have. And now you're paying for it in January. And sometimes you let your emotions get the best of you. Sometimes you procrastinated to get that Christmas present, and now you're having to run around like a wild person trying to find it. Or you just put things off. Maybe it's a, a, a test. Anybody, can anybody remember being in school? 
And you just put it off and put it off, and then you, you fail that test and, and, and you want to blame somebody else, but it's because you procrastinated and tried to just cram it all in the night before with an all-nighter. Sometimes it's because you didn't listen. You didn't listen to your friends when they said, don't date him. He's a loser. You didn't listen to your mama. You didn't listen to your youth pastor or your pastor. You say, oh, he's got so much potential. Sometimes it's your own fault. And maybe that is why in this situation that they gave up hope. Because it was their fault. Paul told them what to do and they didn't do it. And you know, it's easier for me to believe that God will get me out of a storm when it's God that got me into the storm. But it's harder for me to believe that God will get me out of a storm that I put myself in. And you begin to blame yourself. This is my fault. I didn't listen. I didn't take heed. And so at that point, you begin to give up hope. I don't deserve to be rescued. The storm raged and they gave up hope. Now, there were some people in the boat that it probably, it wasn't their fault. We have no idea how big this crew was, but I can probably imagine that there were some people that were saying, I didn't want to go. I wanted to listen to Paul, but the captain said, let's go. And you may be here this morning, and you may be going through a storm or have storms in your life out of something that that was not your fault. Maybe... As a child, your parents decided that they were going to get divorced. And it's caused a storm for your life. It was not your fault. It doesn't change the fact that you're still in the storm. Or maybe your company makes some bad financial decisions. And then all of a sudden, you had nothing to do with with the decisions that were made, but you become a casualty of their decisions. You lose your job. Or maybe somebody that you trusted... They gave you their word. They said that they would do something that they ended up not doing. And now you're in a storm. And when you're in a storm, it is so easy to give up hope. But let me say it again. Never doubt the presence of God because of the existence of a storm. He's still with you. Let's read on in verse 22. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship has gone, will go down. He's saying that the storm is coming, but you're not going to lose your life. The storm is coming. But take courage. Realize that God's going to see you through. Continue to read in verse 23. Yes. For last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. So here we are. Imagine that you're in the middle of a storm. But the presence of God is with you in the moment. You see, I believe too often we fail to realize all the ways that God is with us. All the ways that God is with us. He could be with you in a supernatural being, as a supernatural being. Here Paul is, and he's saying, 
Last night, in the middle of a storm, an angel of God stood beside me. Paul's saying, take courage. You couldn't see him. But he reassured me. You never understand, or we never, and we fail to realize all the different ways that God could be with us. He is with you by the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Christ, His Spirit is in you. And and He goes before you, and He's there to be your comforter. God hears your prayers. He comforts your hurts. The Holy Spirit directs you when you're lost. God is with you in so many different ways in the storm. But too often, too often, we doubt the presence of God because we're in a storm. Paul told Timothy this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. Verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news. And some of you need to know that God hasn't left you. Some of you need to know whether you're in the storm out of something that a decision that you made or something that you had no control over. God is with you. Psalms chapter 16 verse 8 says this, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for He is right beside me. Some of you need to get that in your spirit this morning. You've come here this morning and you feel like that no one cares. You feel like that you're walking through this storm all by yourself. But He promises us right here in His Word. David said, He is right beside me. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He is with you. He is with me. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us, no matter what. But it's all about us realizing who is beside us. Because when we can realize that and walk in that, it gives us more confidence of knowing. And it changes our situation. Because we realize and understand that there's someone greater than us. Someone with more power than us that is walking beside us. And it changes our lives. If you go through life relying on your own strength and your own power, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be discouraged because you can't do it. But the difference is, is that God is walking beside you. When I was a freshman in college, I was stupid. I didn't even get a laugh out of that. (laughs) Tell me something I don't know. 23 23 years later, has anything changed? I would hope so. But my uh, my high school was was really good at basketball, and so I was all about basketball, and and, and so I didn't play. Uh, I was just one of those people in the stands, you know, painting my face and... um, I was a, a lot bigger then, so I never painted my belly or anything like that. You've seen those guys. But I get to college, and we decide it get, rolls around to, to college basketball starts in like November or something like that. And, and, and so we get to, uh, we decide we're going to go on a road trip with the basketball team. Now, I'm new to college. I don't realize that, you know, I'm 17 at that point. I just turned 18. And there's people in college that are like, 26, 27, people who live in the gym 
And so here we are, and we are uh, our team, and we're sitting on this side, and they're sitting on that side, and we're like screaming and yelling. I mean, I've just been, lived a sheltered life, never had anybody want to beat me up. I know you find that hard to believe, but I, I've never been in a confrontation in my life. And so I'm thinking, oh, man, nobody. And so there's a guy over on the other side, and we're just pointing back and forth. You know, I'm just, and he's screaming and yelling, and we're like, we're, you're going down. The game is over, and we go to walk out, and I have somebody peck me on my shoulder. And I turn around. I don't know where this guy came from. This wasn't, I wasn't that stupid. If, it, if I would have seen this guy, I wouldn't have been challenging him. But he walks up beside me, pecks on the shoulder, and he looks like this. And he said, hey, you want to go to a little party? It's like, no, man, I don't party. And so he begins telling me that he's going to do this and do that. And I'm thinking he's probably going to. I'm thinking, man, I'm getting ready to lose some teeth. I just hope I make it out of this place alive. And about that time, a guy by the name that had, didn't come with us, but he was there at the game, and his name was Bubba. Now, his real name wasn't Bubba, but that's what we called him, Bubba. That night, Bubba became my best friend because Bubba walked up beside me, put his arm around that guy and said, hey, we don't want any problems. I got a little bit bolder at that point. I was like, yeah, listen to what Bubba said. I ain't going to your stupid party. At that point, I got a little bit more confidence because Bubba was going to fight my battle. Now, when I was standing by myself, I'm not going to lie, I was terrified. Because all the friends that came with me, they were scrawnier than I was. They had already hightailed it out. If he's going to a party, hope he has fun because I ain't going with him. But Bubba walked beside me. And when I recognized who was with me, in the middle of that storm that I had created, at that point, my confidence level rose just a little bit. Can I tell you the Lord is with you? In the middle of your storm, you may leave here this morning and say, Pastor said, start calling God Bubba. You can call him whatever you want. He's Lord. He's with you. He's walking beside you in the middle of your storm. And when you realize that, it strengthens you. It changes the way that you and your outlook on life. In the New Testament, we find another story of some more people in a boat. Different storm, different people, but they're in a boat. But in this situation, Jesus was actually in the boat. He was asleep, but he was in the boat. And so the disciples do what so many times and so often that we do. Even though we've been told over and over that God is with us, even though the, the pastor tells us, don't worry about it, God is with us, God is with you. Even though you see it on a bumper sticker, God is with you. The disciples knew that Jesus was in the boat, but they went crazy. God, don't you care? This isn't fair. We're going to die right here in the middle of this storm. 
Don't you care that we perish? Doesn't it bother you? How many times have you questioned God that way? God, doesn't it bother you? God, don't you see me? Here I am in in the middle of this storm. I've been doing everything that I can do to follow after you. Can you imagine the disciples? We followed after this man and here, here we are in the middle of a storm. Even though they had done everything that he had asked them to do. They had given up their life to follow him. And they followed him to the, and he, now they're in the middle of a storm. But they forget who is with them. They go wake Jesus up and Jesus just simply reminds them, Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? If you know the story, Jesus said, Peace be still and... And they experienced peace in that boat in the middle of the storm. Why? Why? Because Jesus was in the boat. You see, real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Real peace isn't found in a trouble-free life. If you're here this morning and and that's that's your hope, that you're going to get to a point that you're going to be following after Christ and you're going to be doing just like the disciples and doing everything and and that you will get to a point that your life is trouble-free, let me tell you, it's not going to happen. But that's not what real peace is. Real peace is knowing the one who the winds and the waves obey. The one that can walk beside you. Following Jesus doesn't mean that bad days won't happen. Believe me. I would like to think that that I try to follow Jesus. But there's been days over the last couple of months that I've said... God, what are you doing? And you get, and, and, you know, for the next two months, you're just going to hear about the building project. That's just the way it's going to be. But you get, and you think, okay, I, I, I may have told you about the problem with the sewer, and, and they had dug up a, a, a big trench, and we had to crawl across dirt, you know, walk across dirt just to, to get to where we were going, and it was getting on the new carpet. And so they came to fill that back in Friday. And I walked in, and it was such a psychological just boost for me. All the dirt was back in the hole. They had swept up, and it just looked so good. And then the plumber calls. More bad news. And he began to tell me. He, he, actually, he didn't tell me over the phone. He wanted to, I guess he wanted to see my reaction. He said, how close are you to the church? I said, well, I'm checking out at Lowe's. I'll be right there. I walk up and there's not just one plumber, there's three. And I said, listen, every time you call me, it's bad news. You're either wanting money or you're wanting to tell me something that's bad. The other guy looks at me and said, it's bad. I said, thanks. And I sit there and think, God, I know that you've ordered this. I'm following after you. We're following after you. What are you doing? Can't we just have normal pipes? 
Why do they have to be from 1925? John chapter 16, verse 33 says this. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials. You're going to have bad sewer pipes. But God is with you. He's right beside you. He will never leave you. Acts 27 verse 23. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. He told me, you will not go down in this battle. You will not go down in this battle. God has more battles for you to fight. You will not go down in this battle. God has more for you to do. He's not finished with you yet. If you're not dead... You're not done. God has more people for you to love. God has more opportunities for you to serve. You're not going down in this storm. Realize who is walking beside you. The ship may go down, but the storm will not take you out. God will use those storms to strengthen you, to make you stronger. To realize, hey, I came through that storm. He brought me through that storm. He'll bring me through the next one. He'll use those storms for you to be able to speak to other people that are maybe going through the same storms. Acts chapter 27 verse 25 says this, So take courage, for I believe it. It will be just as He said. In other words, I have faith that what He said is going to happen. My faith is in not what in not in what I see. My faith is in what God says. And he has promised me that he would never leave me, that he would never forsake me. Their faith wasn't in the boat. Their faith was in God. My faith is in the one who commands the winds and waves. I have faith that my God will make it happen. I have faith that He's going to see me through it. I have faith that He's going to be my deliverance, that He's going to be my provider, that He's going to be my healer in the middle of a storm. And the challenge is for you to have faith like that as well. When it seems like that everything, and it's so easy to look at all the winds and the waves and the storms of life, and it's very easy to forget who our faith is in. But in the middle of the storm, you can experience peace. You cannot control when the storms come. You cannot control how bad they are. You can't control how long they last. They can just pop up out of the middle of nowhere. Catch you by surprise. You can't control what people say about you. You can't control what people do. That's been one of the hardest lessons for me to learn. People will want to counsel with me, and I'll sit, and, and we'll counsel, and we'll counsel, and, and I'll say, you know, I feel like this is what you need to do, and then 30 minutes later, they're doing exactly the opposite. If you've done that to me, I'm not preaching at you. But it happens. You've been there. And I had to realize I can't control what people do. 
But what I can control is, is what I believe. What I can control is, is who I put my faith in. My faith is in God. Psalm chapter 46, verses 1 through 3 says this, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar. Let the storms happen. Let them foam. Let the mountains tremble as the water surge. My God is with me. He is Emmanuel. The virgin shall conceive a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which simply means God is with us. Even when I lose my job, God is with me. Even when a relationship falls apart, God is with me. Even when the economy gets shaky, God is with me. I will not be afraid. Why? Our base verse, Matthew chapter 1. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. True peace is found in the presence of Emmanuel. God is with us. If you're here this morning and you say, I I need to find that true peace. It's found in him. Sometimes it seems like the, the cornier a, a bump, bumper sticker is or a church sign, the more it sticks with you. There is one that you've probably seen that says, N-O Jesus, N-O peace. So no Jesus, no peace. But K-N-O-W, no Jesus. K-N-O-W, no peace. Corny, but true. If you don't have Christ, you'll never know peace. If you're not following after Him, you're not going to find peace. True peace is found in the presence of Emmanuel, Jesus. God is with us. We go back to our base thought our key thought of this morning. Never doubt the presence of God because of the existence of a storm. Joshua 1.9 This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with you. Whether you're in a valley, whether you're in the wilderness, whether you're in the storm, every head bowed and every eye closed you may be here this morning and you may say Pastor JW 
never really made a decision to follow after him. I mean, I may have prayed a prayer a long time ago, and, uh, but to say that I'm truly trying to be a disciple of Christ, that I'm trying to, to follow after him, to say that I really know Jesus, I can't say that. And in my life, there's so much, so many storms, so much trouble. Friend, can I tell you that the only way you'll ever know peace is to truly know Him. If you're here this morning and that may be you, would you be bold enough to say, I've tried everything else. I need to try Him. If that's you, you could just slip up your hand. I, w- I could not close this service. Thank you. I could not close this service without giving you the opportunity to know Him. What a better time to have a spiritual birthday than two days before we celebrate the birth of Christ. Anyone else? I truly don't know Him. Thank you. His word tells us that those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth shall be saved. It's not a maybe. It's not a, if I've selected you, it's a promise. Believe in God. Confess with your mouth, he's Lord, you shall be saved. So as a congregation, we're going to pray right now. And if you raised your hand, I want to encourage you to take the step. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. And he promises us that we can know him. Father, I come before you this morning. You see every person that's in this auditorium. God, we are so thankful that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sin. God, before that could happen, we are thankful that you sent him down from heaven to be born of a virgin in a stable in a manger to walk on this earth to experience everything every hurt that we would ever go through all for us God this morning I thank you for that and I believe in my heart that you're the son of God Father I confess it with my mouth God, I thank you for saving me from a death that I deserve so that I can know and have a destiny to go to. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for those here this morning that prayed that prayer. 
God, that their eternal destiny was changed. On December 23rd, 2018, God, I thank you for those. And I know that the angels are rejoicing over someone who was lost, who, had been, who has been found. In Jesus' name. You may be here this morning and you say, I'm doing everything that I can do to follow after him, but the storms, I feel like that the ship is just going under. I've already lost pieces of it. And I feel like I'm going down with it. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to just slip up your hand. Pastor, thank you. Thank you. Pastor, I'm so discouraged. I don't understand. Where is God? Come on, we've all been there. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Thank you. As you stand, here's how we're going to close. So everyone stand. God is with you. And I'm going to ask you that God also wants you to know that He is with you, but He has also placed you in a place. It's not by an accident that you're here this morning. You just didn't come to see your grandkids or your neighbor perform a song. He loves us enough that He planned out this morning just for us. Isn't it great to have a God that way? And you are surrounded by people, whether you're a guest, whether you've been here for all 12 years that we've been here, you are surrounded by people. Let me let you know, you're surrounded by people who love you and who care that you are in a storm. And so the way that we're going to close this morning is we're going to pray for each other. You have no idea that the person on your right or the person on your left, you don't know whether they, you don't know what they're going through. But God wants to use you in the middle of their storm to let them know that He loves them and that you care. So right now, I'm going to ask you, the person standing beside you, we're going to pray. If someone's standing alone, somebody go find them. We're going to pray and we're going to believe together. Because that's how we get through the storms with God and with the people that he has placed in our lives. We're going to believe God right now that peace will be spoken in the midst of their storm. And if you're the one in the storm, sometimes it's a lot easier. If you can take your focus off of your storm, And pray for somebody else. Because it's in those moments, it's in those moments that God will move. So right now, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you. God, you see every person that's represented here in this auditorium this morning. God, we know that it's no accident that they're here. 
Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word and that you're speaking into their hearts and into their lives this morning. God, I thank you that you have made us a promise that you can change our lives. God, you see those who are in the middle of a storm right now that they don't understand, that it may be out of their own doing, or it may be out of something that's out of their control, but God, it does not matter to you. Father, you have promised us that you are with us and that you will rescue us. God, just as those people were on that boat with Paul out of their own doing, God, you didn't let them go down. Father, for those that, were, that are following after you but are still in the middle of the storm, you're not going to let them go down. Father, right now, speak into our lives and speak into our hearts and give us peace of knowing that you are with us. God, that you just didn't stay in a manger. God, you just didn't ascend to, to heaven. But you gave us the Holy Spirit to go with us every day to be our comforter, to be our guide, to be our protection in the middle of a storm. God, reassure those who are doubting your presence because of the existence of a storm. Reassure them that just because they're in a storm doesn't mean that you're not with them. God, as we prepare to celebrate birth of Christ God remind us that you're with us reassure us that you're with us God we thank you for the change that you've made in people's lives this morning God may we leave here and not keep it silent but may we tell it to those we come in contact with, that on December 23rd, God changed my life forever. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Now the Bible.